Hola, I'm Paulina. Hi, I'm Bricia. And we're sisters, friends, daughters, wives, and business owners following our dreams, just striving to be a better version of ourselves every day. All right, and we're also moms. <laughs> Welcome, Welcome to, to the, the Supermama Sisterhood. Sisterhood. And I was jumping on the waves with Carista, and he was like, oh my God, this is the best ever. And we get in the car, we get home. She cries because I woke her up. Ah! I was like, I wish I didn't have any kids within like three hours. <laughs> she stopped me right there. She was like, Risa, I want you to understand this. I seriously believe that our children choose us and we don't choose our children. Right. Your baby chose you to be his mom. Mm-hmm. He knew what kind of mom he wanted. And he chose you as his mom. Oh, that's right. Nice. We're all sisters here to inspire, support, and guide each other to dream bigger and to enjoy every moment of this extraordinary journey that is womanhood. Listas? Here we go. <laughs> Super mamas! Hola, Supermamas. This is Paulina, and this week we have Gabriel Kaufman, therapist and licensed professional clinical counselor, back in the studio with us. After last week's episode, which was a really tough one, we decided to bring in a professional to help us understand and navigate this subject a little bit better. As friends, how can we help somebody going through a rough time like that? What can we say? What can't we say? What should we do? What shouldn't we do? Should we even do anything at all? Are we even helping? I know you guys are going to find this episode very useful because she gives us so many amazing tips on the subject. As always, we really find we really hope that you guys find it informative and that it might help you or somebody that you know. So if you know somebody, share this episode and enjoy the show, ladies. Hello. doing how are you i'm good how was your weekend (laughs) it was really fun well first of all i just want to thank everyone who has been so supportive last week's episode yeah we know it was a hard one it was not a hard one i really enjoyed i was editing the show and i was crying and my husband was sitting next to me and he was like just looked at me with this weird face and was like, uh, are you okay? And I was like, oh, this just makes up and it's just so moving. And then he just started hugging me. He was like, honey, it's okay. Yeah. But um, I just wanted to say thank you to everyone. I didn't want to, I didn't tell my husband about it. Um, just because I don't want him to get a little freaked out, you know, right now. <laughs> but it was, it was really, it was a really good one. We got a lot of response from it. Um, sending a lot of love to Mari. She's so brave. We're going to have a Facebook Live with her Yay! in a couple of weeks, ladies. Yeah, so, so number one, subscribe to her newsletter so you know when all these cool things are happening. And number two, just follow up on our Facebook page and follow us on Instagram at underscore supermamas where we uh, will keep you updated on all our upcoming events. But we will have a Facebook Live with her on when, Paulina? Our Facebook Live with Mari, it's on June... On Wednesday, June 14th. 14th. The Wednesday right before Father's Day. <gasps> Dude, I am not right. <laughs> First of all, I don't even know what Father's Day is. If it wasn't because my handy-dandy calendar told me it's Father's <laughs> Day. I know. 
Well, we are going to Cabo that day, so I can just say like, "Happy Father's Day!" We're going, going to, Cabo. to what? To Cabo? Oh, you're going to Cabo? Look Wait. at you, fancy! I mean, it's not the because Tijuana, of Father's Day. We could have probably Cabo. gone the day after, but um, it's our last family trip before the baby comes. So I guess our last family trip in like a, I don't know, a couple of years probably. <laughs> Keeping it real. So we were just like, we got to go now or else or else. So we're going uh, for a few days and we're excited about that. Yeah, went to TJ this weekend again. Not again. Went to TJ with the kids this year. We I, This weekend. I've been wanting to go for a while because I've been wanting to go already. So Did and you I go? F- Hell yeah. How great is that restaurant? Oh, my God. You guys should definitely go. If you guys are able to go to Tijuana, go and go to Erizo. I... I <sighs> I can't even You're making you. me want to drive to Tijuana. I seriously, I <laughs> you know mean, what? I probably will do that this weekend. I drove to Tijuana to go to Erizo, basically. And then a friend of ours told us Did about. Did you sleep over there? No, we just went and came back. Oh, wow. <laughs> and a friend of ours t- told us about this museum for kids, El Trompo, which was amazing. Like, I was blown away because, first of all, this museum is a l- it's like 15 minutes from downtown. Uh-huh. So I was like, where are we going? I, you know, I've never been there. And then we get to this place. This place is huge. You saw the picture? Mm-hmm. Like, it's big. It's massive. And you go in, and I was like, how come there isn't a lot of people? There wasn't a lot of people, which I was like, surprised. Were you on a Saturday? Yeah. So I guess Mexicans go to a museum on Sundays. <laughs> Not Saturdays. Mexican um, nationals. Mexican nationals go to museums. And I even asked the like, one of the kids that worked there, I was like, is it always like this? And he was like, well, yeah, it's a Saturday. And I was like, it's a Saturday. Exactly. <laughs> it should be packed. Uh, but it was really fun. They had so many like exhibits. We only made it to a few because it was just so much. Uh-huh. And Krista's like at a very curious age where she wanted to do everything. My husband wanted to do everything. And towards the end, they had like a little live sh- like show where mm-hmm. they put all the kids in uh, this kind of like stadium thing. And they have a scientist and they do experiments where they put baking soda and explode. Things explode. And it was really, that. really fun. Yes. We, and when we were kids. The so, baking soda exploding in the volcano. Yeah. And it was like they did that so one. And then the other, the other experiment that I remember a lot is the one where you make light like with a battery you touch it and the lights oh, yeah, go yeah. on yeah Dude, that was but, like, you know it's i felt like it was magic and it's mexico so they still do those kind of things with the kids <laughs> well what no. do, they, do they not do those stuff with the kids no, here they don't the kids don't get to you don't play. even have you don't even have a kid in elementary you don't know that maybe they do i don't know i See, actually i actually <laughs> you, your kids five let me tell you i why. was doing those things when i was 10 <laughs> no we were not we were younger when we were doing that no i was doing that we here. were playing we were playing with mom and dad's medicine cabinet when we were kids in oaxaca no i did those my science experiences in fifth grade here in the u.s i well, didn't do science experiments she's five so at this point they don't let her touch a lot of those things oh i don't know but I'm just we, saying it I'm was the same it was fun. It was really, really fun. Then, um, then went to the mercado, you know, with the piñatas and the candy. And Krista was like, I want everything. With the piñatas? Piñatas. And when we got to, to Tijuana, Sabina was like, Mommy, are we in Mexico? Are we in Mexico? And I was like, yeah, this is Mexico. Mexico? It's Mexico? <laughs> she was Who? So, Sabina. Aww. She was like, Mexico, Mommy. It's Mexico. Aww. So, um... Yeah, they had a lot of fun. This morning before she went to school, she was like, Mom, I really had a lot of fun that day at Tijuana. I was like, I know, we should do it more often. So it was, and it wasn't that far. Um, we, on the way back, we only took an hour to come back. Oh, what? Which In the line, a, you mean? Yeah. Oh. Which was not a long, but it was like crazy. 
It was crazy. Did your husband take you to Arezzo because you were craving because you were pregnancy? Yeah. Oh, my God. It's hilarious. <laughs> I've been wanting to go so bad, and I do not regret going. What did you eat? I had a huachile. I had the tacos, the pulpo tacos. Mm. I had um, I had an oyster again. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and then I had, uh, what else did I have? I just had a bunch of different tacos All that the they had. were like, oh, you had I can't oyster. believe you. Can't, can't believe you. How dare you have How an oyster? How dare you? Um, but I'm fine, guys. I survived. I'm alive. I don't, I'm not saying go and do it. It's a personal decision. I really wanted an oyster, so I had one. And si it was no, the best con cara de ostión. <laughs> yeah. No, con mocos. I mean, you know, I don't want, I don't yeah, want to. No, mocos never stop. Well, I stayed home all weekend. I did nothing. My husband was like, what are we doing? I was like, nothing. I'm going to cook all weekend, and I'm going to stay home with the baby and enjoy my son and my husband. And why do we have to go anywhere? Yeah, I know. So we just didn't do anything. That's fine. We really had, we did nothing. We just hung out. Watch you movies. know how everyone says, enjoy your kids? I was like, well, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to enjoy my son. <laughs> no, we bought him a T-ball set. Oh. So now he's he's obsessed with T-ball and with this sword that my friend bought us, <laughs> Lisette, bought, um, sent us a, a little fake sword and like he has like a whole knight outfit. Oh. So he's obsessed with his sword. He goes, yeah, 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 the entire, everywhere. And then... And, and his t-ball so hitting and sword right now is boy. like sort of what he's into so is he into like dressing up and pretending no not yet i think he likes to he likes to put on daddy shoes oh so he just keeps putting daddy's like mommy look mommy look everything is mommy look right now <laughs> mommy look mommy look that's daddy gonna be for, shoes. A, for a while daddy shoes i'm like yes that's so funny <laughs> <laughs> mommy look mommy look other daddy shoes <laughs> All 50 of them. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't have that many shoes. But he has a lot. Does he? He? he does, huh? No, not that many. <laughs> he does. <laughs> I probably, He probably has more shoes than I do. <laughs> I don't know how many you have, so I can't comment on that. <laughs> oh, my God. That's fun. Well, anyway. Um, so we brought in an expert today, this episode. Uh, we thought it was appropriate after last week's episode mm -hmm. to bring back Gabrielle Kaufman. Um, and she is going to help us sort through the emotions as an outsider of a friend going through such a trauma like the one Mari went to. Sometimes I feel like... Loss. Loss. Sometimes we don't know what to tell our friends. How do we even touch the subject? Should we even touch a subject? Mm -hmm. And so we thought it was appropriate and important for us to get some tools on how to help a friend going through a rough time. And so that's our episode today. That's what our episode is going to be about. So without further ado, <laughs> ladies, here is our interview with Gabrielle Kaufman. Welcome back, Gabrielle. Thank you. I'm very happy to be back and see We're you both. Very happy to see you. So um, I know you. you're just so much full. You're so full of information. So we're like, we need to bring her back to talk about this um, because we've spoken fun. about rainbow babies before, but not to the extent of bringing a professional and how to deal with it from the other side. Like if you're a friend or you're going through the situation, you know, when people bring it up, I, I mean, yeah. I don't know what to say. Yeah. And I think the hardest thing is that even being well-intentioned, we, we don't know what to say and then we freeze up. And that's yeah. not the best thing for yeah. people who need us. And they do really need us at that that's time. 
Yeah, it's I one of my closest friends went through something like that and I don't think we ever talk about it. Yeah. Ever. Ever. And you know, um sometimes I think like we for, I forget and then something comes up on that and I'm like and then I remember that she went through that and I'm like, Oh, should I continue the conversation? Like I feel I don't you know, I don't know how how to go about that topic with somebody that has been through it. So I have some thoughts and ideas of like good ways to talk to people um, and to be there for just them. Lost a child yeah. too, you know, I mean, I don't, how do you, yeah, well, in a way too, losing, losing a child is, is everybody's worst nightmare, mm -hmm. right? So there's, there's this fear that we sometimes have when somebody dies that it's contagious you know, mm -hmm. that if, if I'm around it, it's going to make me feel bad or I'm not going to say the wrong thing and make them feel worse. And there are some things that could make someone feel worse in those situations. So we kind of want to know what to avoid. But for the most part, not disappearing is the most important thing is really to just say, I'm here. I, you know, even to say, I don't know what to say, but I will be there tomorrow with dinner. Do you want mm -hmm. chicken or fish? Right. You know, mm -hmm. Um, I will, uh, pick up your other kid and watch them if there's another kid or I will, um, hold your hand. I don't need to say anything, but, um, and, and also to let the person know if you want me to leave, I won't be offended either. So I'm going to come over and bring dinner, but I also understand if you want me to leave, I will leave too, but I'll be back tomorrow. Oh, that's okay. Yeah, that's true. I think it's like, it's like just when you lose somebody, it's just, you know, like when 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 you know when you lose somebody, so it's just hard to find the words to comfort the other person. Mm -hmm. I recently, I just remember something. Um, a few weeks ago, I attended um the Super Soul sessions with Oprah. Uh -huh. And um, how was that? Oh my god, it was amazing. <laughs> oh my god, it's and, Oprah. Come on. And, but you uh, guys had just gone to that other. Yeah, uh, I know. It was it just meant to happen. It was like a Tony Robbins. It was just meant to happen. That's right. <laughs> But um, Eckhart Tolle was there, uh, oh the author God. of The Seed of the Soul. Yeah. And, you know, they were talking about that. Um, they played a video when of a, of a couple that lost a baby. And he was saying that something that stuck with me, he was like saying that you can either concentrate on losing the body of that person mm -hmm. or you can concentrate on the impact of the soul mm -hmm. of the person of however long it was inside of you on the earth or whatever, the impact of the soul that's going to have in your life and in other people's lives. Yeah. And when when you think about it that way, it just makes such a big difference because you can dwell on the pain of losing the body or you can say well this little soul impacted my life in these many ways you know and the word impacted is a good word yeah. because as opposed to uh, because i think a lot of us were uncomfortable with loss or or scary feelings so we want to say but but think about the soul you had in your life but instead to say you were impacted by it that you felt it yeah that changed your life and and however you want to go about making that important to you i want to support you yeah yeah i thought because when he was talking about that with the mother of the baby mm -hmm. and he explained that to her like to her her face totally changed and and yeah. she said yeah you're right you know i should you know i should be thankful for all the things that i've learned through this through this journey with my you know with my baby and it just it was just such a like like an eye-opening moment of like when you lose somebody, mm 
mm-hmm. you should think about the impact that that person made in your life. However long or short time it, mm-hmm. it was in your life. Yeah. And that was something that I thought it was relevant. Relevant. So there's, um, if you don't mind me saying, there's a Jewish saying you mm-hmm. say, when somebody dies, you say, may their life have, may, wait, was that, um, may their memory be for a blessing. Mm-hmm. And I really like that because the memory is the blessing for you. The loss is not the blessing. You know, we, we always are hurt by that, but you may that memory be a blessing for yeah. you. And I, I just always stuck with me as it's kind of that sense of, um, you know, there is that relationship. And if you think about when you're pregnant, even if you're pregnant for five minutes, that's when the attachment relationship mm-hmm. begins. Yeah. So who is to say that my five-minute relationship was more meaningful or less meaningful than your 20-year one? You know, yeah, everybody yeah. has their own perspective. Yeah. Something, another thing that I learned recently also is that the first thing that, that it's, it's formed inside of you is the heart. Uh-huh. So like, uh-huh. that's why you, you hear the, the, the beating before the brain, before everything. So it's the heart, which is the soul, which is like, you know, yeah. when you have to think about life in that way. Yeah. And it's... Just looking at life in that way, it's just it, it makes such a difference because you think about the connection and the love and everything, you know, with the positive things mm-hmm. instead of the negative things, yeah. which I think it's a great way to look at life. It yeah. is. It is. It's a beautiful way. I mean, it's if we think about it, that heart is our connection. I, You know, our, our heart mm-hmm. has its, it's almost free of the brain that kind of tells us the wrong things. Mm -hmm. And maybe even in that sense of how do you be there for somebody, you lead with your heart. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of a beautiful way to think about it. Let your heart lead you and try to quiet the, the distractions in your mind. Yeah. It's hard. I I think sometimes people that like us that don't go through that, Mm -hmm. um, don't really understand those situations, you know? Um, but I guess like, I want, I, I try to have my first child for three years and it took me three years to have her. And the pain that I felt every time that it was like a no, no, no. Mm-hmm. Um, I could, you know, I could see how, how hurtful it is for so, people. Out so there. you do, you yeah. can relate. I mean, you can relate. It doesn't mean that you know what anyone else's experience is like. Mm-hmm. Nobody knows what anyone else's experience right. is like, but infertility is its own very painful journey yeah you know that sense of what do you like i I think about how somebody who's either miscarried or lost a baby and the idea of going out to the world feels really scary Mm -hmm. but the idea of staying home feels really scary and i you know i've worked with moms who've had baby showers and have all those gifts and all those baby things in their house and then they come home and they have to see those things or even worse somebody has come and cleared them and then they see that hole where they all those things were all kept so you know there is no way that we can avoid the triggers Mm -hmm. in those lost situations and when someone's going through fertility too and it takes them so long to get pregnant um every single time you see a mom who's pregnant or every single time you see a hallmark card that says congratulations it can be a trigger for you Yeah. yeah 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 definitely i know it was for me for for a while i i I imagine it was (laughs) so then the best thing what you said to what we could do is just be there every day yeah. and just feel like helpful. I mean, really, like, are there any specific words or? Yeah. So let me first start with what you shouldn't say. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> yes, because this is really important. And I just want you for a moment, if you wouldn't even mind, indulge me and close your eyes and think for a moment how this would feel 
if you had just had a loss and somebody said to you, well, at least you have another baby. Oh my gosh. Or somebody said, well, I guess your baby is with God now. Yeah. Or somebody said, it's for the better. <laughs> Someone would say that. Oh yeah, because something might've been wrong with the baby. So now, you know, that baby wasn't going to live anyways. And believe it or not, people who love you will say these things. And they say them because they're uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. They're really uncomfortable, so they want to make it right. It's okay. You you don't have to. You don't. Or the other thing, by the way, and this this you might even even relate to, which is, you can always try again. <sighs> and I can't tell you how many times people say those things. So yeah. <laughs> do not say those things. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for telling us that. Yeah, but the other thing <clears throat> you can say is, I'm here for you. I love you. I can't imagine what that loss is like, but I will be here throughout the process for you. You can offer, and instead of just saying to them, you know, if you need something, let me know, because that's not going to happen, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Nobody's going to pick up the funds. Actually, really what I need is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they don't do that. So to really give specific suggestions and to continue to offer. And then the other thing is maybe to just say nothing and to just be with them and say, I, you could even say, I don't know what to say. This is just terrible. And, and I don't want to see you hurt, but I want to be here for you. Right. And giving a hug Asking permission first. Are you? Would you like a hug? Can I give you a hug? Because we can also over smother, right? <laughs> so we don't want to do that either. Yeah. So to be patient with that. And then the other thing, it's an important thing to say is if somebody has lost a baby, either stillborn or maybe late miscarriage, or even um, after the baby had been alive for a bit, it's okay to refer to that baby by the baby's name. Okay. Because when you don't, then it becomes tabu, right? We don't right. want to do that. Right. We don't want to say, yeah, it was a bad thing that happened to you. No, we're all really sad that Jonathan isn't here anymore, right? Mm -hmm. We're all we're all really sad for you. Um, and we love you and we'll be patient with you. I think the other thing is patience because grief is not something that, you know, you can set a clock by. Right. We don't say, okay, you've got about 45 minutes and when you're done, your grief is over. <laughs> right. Um, but I think sometimes we feel that way. Yeah. Like, oh my God, it's been too long. It's she'll been get over too it. long. Yeah. She'll, oh yeah. Mm -hmm. And even the she'll get over it. Or even I've heard people say to someone, you'll get over this. Like, who are you to tell me what I'm going to get right. over? Right. So it can feel really presumptuous and it can feel dismissive. And I think that's the one thing we don't want to do. We don't want to tell anybody anything that's going to be dismissive. And then the other thing is don't avoid them. Mm. Okay. Because if we avoid them, then it's going to feel like they have um, kind of that scarlet letter on them, mm -hmm. you know, that, that they've now been marked as the people. Those are the people who, Got you it. know. Um, I remember in my life, um, I had, when my baby was about the same age, a little girl drown. So mm. she's about 18 months old. And I just couldn't imagine. And going home and seeing my baby the same age, I thought, oh, it's mm -hmm. so hard to see that and to be scared. And I said, I got to forget about me for a moment. This yeah. woman and this family experienced the unimaginable and they need their community right. more than I need to be, you know, yeah, hiding away. Yeah, we went through a yeah, situation that like that. 
with my older daughter, we went to a mommy and me group. Uh-huh. And actually, the week that we graduated for the first year, we all, all the babies turned one year. Mm-hmm. One of the babies, the mom and the baby got into an accident and the little girl passed away in oh. the accident. So when we all got together, uh, the mommy and me group, you know, it was so painful because we've seen these babies grow up together for the mm-hmm. first year. We were each other's support. Mm-hmm. It was it was such a horrible experience, but we all got together and we all helped her and we we um you know mm-hmm. we took turns in doing um food deliveries and yeah. things like that. And you know I'm just so happy to see her now with another child thriving and just like enjoying life and how much she honors her older baby all the time. And and I I've recently found pictures of my daughter and 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 her, her together and it was just. Just to see that and how she came out so much stronger than that. But we all like got together and helped her th- through that as best as we could, right? I mean, we can't really, you can, we tried. You to can't do the best fix, as we but I don't think the goal is to fix, right? right? Because right. if the goal were to fix, we would all be God, right? We yeah. can't, mm-hmm. we can't fix, but we, we can be part of the community, part of the story. And in an interesting way, this little girl who died is part of your story. Yeah. It's part of your daughter's story. Yes. And it's not a happy part of her story, but it's a formative part of her story. Mm-hmm. And I think in some ways, if we can look at it from a different angle, there is beauty in community. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There is beauty in showing up. I kind of think like showing up is is kind of the best thing we can really do. Um, yeah. If you show up, I think that's that's a model for your daughter. She's going to know that. You know, this was hard and my mom showed up. So I have a question um, for you on the other side. Yes. So let's say when somebody goes through that uh-huh. and they hide away and mm-hmm. they don't want to talk to anybody mm-hmm. and they just don't want to and they don't even want to share. Mm-hmm. But at what point as friends, I guess, should we intervene and say, okay, I think it's been enough time that mm-hmm. you're staying away that you're you know let me intervene at this point and help you out of it or can, should we you know sometimes i feel like yeah. that you fall in such a big depression of course there's that other side of people that you know say what's going on but there's other people that just don't and they keep it inside and you know they they start deteriorating and at yeah. what point should we step in so it's a really good question because mm-hmm. it's nuanced, but you're right. I mean, in some ways that so, so much happens in that time emotionally, because not only is it like the normal stages of grief and loss that someone mm-hmm. would go through, but then there's that guilt. If I feel happy for anything, and if I, if I even enjoy this cup of coffee, mm-hmm. then I am not honoring the loss. If I, um, if I move on, I am not honoring the loss and there's so much blame and I've seen so many people go back and say, if onlys, the if onlys too. If only I hadn't taken a Tylenol when I was pregnant. If only right. I hadn't gotten in that car that day. If onlys and those stories, then then what it does is it's this really negative cycle of of kind of feeding into that. And it's and at that point, that person probably does need support and mm-hmm. professional support. And it might be a good thing to say, hey you know, this is awful. And seeing you go through this um, as a friend, I I love you and I don't want you to suffer. And here is, so let me tell you, I'm going to actually give you some uh, resources and websites if you want to put them up mm-hmm. on your website. But For there's sure. 
a place that offers support groups, and it's called the Miss Foundation, M-I-S-S, foundation.org, and there are groups all over the country for it. And they're they're peer-led support groups by people themselves who have lost babies. Oh, great. And a support group is a really important thing. Yes. Yeah. Just like mommy and me groups, Everything, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's it's the it's the mommy and me group for the the you know Rainbow for babies. the mommy and for the for the and even the dads, yeah. you know the dads can experience <laughs> loss in this other way that the guilt can be really different too. Is like I I should have could have would have, you know those those I had no control experiences those thoughts those fears that guilt. I mean, really, it can be so bad. And then the other thing is if you feel somebody say to you, and there are some red flags, if somebody says, I wish it were me who died and not my baby, mm. yeah. and that happens a lot, Yes, I'd trade myself for the baby any day. Those are the those are the things when you need you need to say in the same way. Um, and I know you guys talk about tough tough issues. The suicidality is part of this process, and to say, um, it might be really hard to feel hopeful right now, and I think talking to a professional might be helpful. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to help you find somebody, and I'm going to drive you to the support group or the therapist or the Got doctor. It. Right. Just be there physically. Just to be there. I'm going to hold your hand, and I don't know how to do this. I'm not, I'm not going to pretend I know how to make this right. better. Um, but it seems like things things are hard for you to manage right now. Um, and we want to make sure you get the support you need so that you can you can feel better. Doesn't mean anything is going to make this situation disappear. But there are different ways you might be able to get some support here. Right. That's awesome. Thank you for that. Thank you. Absolutely. That helps a lot in both ways, I think. And, and we've had guests here who have gone through it and we've had a couple of episodes about it. But um, we've never had a professional in to talk about how to navigate these things or what to do and just really what to do when, when you see those triggers around, because you're going to have that grief, you know, you that's always going to live inside of you of that course. the loss of that soul. So not diminishing people's emotions is important or, or even what to say when you're around them, you know, mm-hmm. I, I really, like I said, go ahead and own up to it. You know, I don't know what to say right now. Yeah. I think we tiptoe around the subject all the time. Yeah. Like, cause we, you know, I, at least I, I don't know what to say. And I feel like, I feel like sometimes I'm going to offend somebody, Yeah, you know, so I just keep quiet. <laughs> Me too. And, and I mean, even owning up, God, I, I'm feeling, I have so many feelings right now, but I love you and I don't want to offend you. So right. I'm just going to tell, like right. the just more be we honest. can be honest yes. and vulnerable, the that better. Makes sense. But the tiptoeing around in the avoiding is actually worse right. because then that person feels like they've been marked for life mm-hmm. or that you don't love them anymore or that they have not only failed themselves, but the world doesn't want to be with them. Right. So, I mean, look, anybody who's lost anybody is going to have random triggers, right? You just never know. Like, even if you've lost a parent at some point, yeah, you're going to go somewhere that you had once been with that parent. I, I just saw somebody had posted on Facebook like the other day. They were in the kitchen and they smelled the spice that their father had used when he cooked a certain dish. And all of a sudden, they got a flood of emotions. Now, what are we going to say? You're never going to be around spices again? You know, <laughs> yeah. that's not what we're going to do. What we're going to say is that's that's life. That's real. And triggers will happen, but that doesn't mean that the trigger takes away everything you've done up to this point to grow. It just means that that person had an impact, that their heart and their soul still live within you. Mm -hmm. And to honor them, we have that moment where we remember. Yeah. 
Maybe that's that time that the soul came back to say hi. Yeah. Oh, yeah. it's a beautiful idea. And I, I, I do think that that might yeah. be true, that that soul is there with you. Mm-hmm. you know? And actually, the other thing, way in which it can come back is in dreams. Yes. Yeah. I have heard women say, I woke up in the morning feeling surprised I wasn't pregnant because in my dream I was pregnant again. Oh. And how sad that is. And just to hold, wow, that was powerful. Yeah. That is. And then when that person goes through that, they lose the baby again. Yeah. And they also, you know, so they're not only losing that life, but they're losing the dream that they were going to be a parent. They're losing the image of parenting that same baby, that one baby, that attachment that they had. So even though they can go on and have another baby at some point, they're never going to have that baby. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I have I have this one client who I've been working with who miscarried late in her pregnancy, and um, she was in the doctor's office after she had had a DNC for them to remove, you know, what was left of the baby inside, and it was so terrible. And she was sitting there crying, and and she had an image of her baby coming to her, and her baby said, "Don't worry, Mama, I had to go back for my friend," oh. and she got pregnant with twins later. Oh my god. I know. <laughs> I know. I mean, we cry too. I mean, it's beautiful. And, yeah. and now she has her twins and she's really, she really truly believes that, you know, one of them is the first baby and the other is the twin that she brought back with her. Oh, it's and, beautiful. you know, whether, whether we could prove that or not is irrelevant. Yeah, it's true. so important to her. It means so much. And it has helped her to form that bond with her babies and still honor the baby that was lost. And she actually keeps in the twins' room, she keeps a picture of the ultrasound of that first baby. Mm. And so the other thing I want to talk about is ritual. Right. Because rituals are really important. Rituals are our way of honoring, right? How do we honor that baby, that life, that loss? And, you know, we might go to religion, or we might go to community. We might have kind of friends who are around us and we light a candle together. We might go and plant a tree, you know, in the forest together. Right. Yeah. The other thing I think is a really neat idea is to make a memory box. Mm-hmm. And you put the ultrasound in it and you put, um, you know, if you were in the hospital, the little tag that was on yeah. your wrist. And one of the things for stillborn babies that is very not only accepted, but encouraged if it's what you want, is there are two things. One, which is having photographs, taking pictures of you holding that baby. Oh, wow. You know, it's in the old olden days, we'd say, rush that baby away. Don't see it. We don't want you to form an attachment. But right. we know that those attachments were already there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. They are. So there's another thing which I find to be really an interesting thing, which is called a cold cot which when the baby is stillborn, you put the baby in this cot that kind of air conditions and keeps that body, that body kind of cool and keeps, I know this might sound unattractive, but it allows that family a little bit of time to be with the baby before the baby has to be removed. And, you know, we can think about like, oh, how awful that is, but isn't it more awful to not have said, I never got to hold my baby. Oh yeah. yeah, for sure. So helping people honor that there are doulas who are still birth doulas will help that baby be born dead into the world because it's still their birth day. That's there's a website called stillbirthday.com. Um, that is that idea of helping that baby have, because 
it is a transition. It is a transition, not the one desired, not the one hoped for. But if we can support and ritualize it, we can at least bring a little of control to an uncontrolled situation. Yeah. Right. Wow. Thank you. Um, maybe you should take a little break right now. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, let's take a break and we'll come back. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> And we're back. We've decompressed. Thank you again, Gabrielle, so much for your words and your just wisdom and yeah. just being just having you here is a blessing. So thank you. Oh, thank you. And what you. you are both doing is such a blessing. So thank you to be part of the Supermamas community is an honor. Oh, thank you. well, you are very welcome. <laughs> um, Paulina, do you have a paper yes. tip this week? I actually made a mistake earlier and said that the book was by. Which Eckhart book? Tolle, the Seed of the Soul. You mean the guy who you heard speak? <laughs> oh, yes. I'm all over the place. But um, so my let's tip, go back. You made a mistake earlier. I made a mistake earlier. <laughs> I said the book, The Seed of the Soul, was by Eckhart Tolle, but it's not. It's by Gary Zugov. That's the person that I saw. <laughs> um, my tip is that book, The Seed of the Soul. Um, it's, it's a little, it's, I think like if you're, it's a heavy, it's a heavy book. I never finished reading, uh, listening to it, by the way. I was like, this is, well, but I'm not there yet, <laughs> <laughs> but it's just like, it just really talks about all aspects of the soul. And I think it's such a great book to read, uh, to understand a little bit of the whole situation. I think if you are going through a tough time. Um, you should definitely read that book and it just talks about the impact of the soul um, and how the soul is like an ongoing entity and it goes mm -hmm. through different bodies. Like it's a, my soul is bigger than me and yeah, it's just, it's just so, so big. Um, and I think it's just appropriate in this subject. If you yeah. ever want to read about the soul, you should, that's a really good book to read and listen to Gary Zukov's talks and he's, he's amazing. Um, so that's my pick. Very Oprah of you. Didn't Very she Oprah read like, I think she read that book like seven times or something? 30 times. 30 times. <laughs> changed her life. And you can't you even get through it once. I know. <laughs> well, that, that's why, that's where, that's where she got like everything has to have a purpose. Yeah. Um, and the purpose drives. Man, I gotta get to it. it can't be Oprah. I'm like, I'm like 30 reads <laughs> behind. 29 and a half. 29 i'm 29 <laughs> but i gotta i always gotta go back because it's it's kind of like i'm like what okay so it took back. oprah 30 times yeah, to get yeah, it yeah, like yeah. okay i'm not that bad all right <laughs> gabrielle um yeah just this is my little pet peeve of something you said that uh, this is me my opinion but mm -hmm. i think everything happens for a reason is something i wouldn't say to somebody who had lost a baby oh um i'd be very careful with that okay. because you know how can you tell me what that reason is yeah mm -hmm. what reason would it be for yeah. me not to have this baby right now right. yeah or even when you say you know your baby is with god as i said earlier like wait but i want my baby with me like why why is god taking my baby yeah and it, so are your babies with the angels like, ah, my another angel in heaven well i want my baby here i yeah. want my baby in heaven so that you know, I, I understand the everything happens for a reason philosophy, but I'm not sure that that's necessarily digestible to somebody right after they've lost a baby. Right. Thank right. you. That's very helpful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, for anyone that's going through a hard time, really. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. 
An- another thing to say, and, and I would say this much. Take that off my vocabulary. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you could say this much later on rather than everything happens for a reason. But, um, you know, was there anything about that experience that, that made you grow in some mm-hmm. ways? But I wouldn't say that right, right after right. loss. I would, I mean, I, Cause, cause I needed that gro- growth like a hole in the head. But you've heard these stories of people who said I had breast cancer and it was the best thing that ever happened to me. Yeah. Right. Well, wait, really? But no, it wasn't the breast cancer, but it was the experience mm-hmm. of growth that came right. from that. And mm-hmm. so in these situations, you, you, the way I would say it isn't, you know, so what did you learn from that? But to say later on, you know, when I've had hard experiences in my life and I've gotten better, I've, I found that it's made me grow, you know. I don't know if that ever happens to you. Yeah. Mm. I just le- leave it like that. Yeah. Right. <sighs> Thank you. Yeah. Wow. That's, that's a really good one. Cause sometimes we can also come off as like, we want to be like Oprah or Tony Robbins or <laughs> just say like the right things. Like, well, you're not. So, <laughs> you know? Yeah. No, we're, I'm, I know I'm not. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you yes. just, I mean, I, I know I can be that way where it's like, well, I try to like, put all like my knowledge into someone when mm-hmm. it's like all they want to be is just being listened to right? and, and understood. Know, so you know? nobody can see this, but your hands are like this. Your hands are like cupping. And yeah. I would say in some ways, that's what we want to be. We want to be like holders. Mm-hmm. We want to be there to cup and hold you and support anything that you need yeah. right now. And not I, be like a, yes, exactly. feel better now. Yeah. Yeah. So Makes here, sense. here I am to hold whatever is there and to be there for you. Even though I don't have the answers, I'll, I can hold. Right. I love that. Um, okay. So my pick is going to be, or my tip, I would say, um, and this, uh, comes from when I was pregnant and I had, I had my baby and I would get support from people. And a lot of my girlfriends, like one of my girlfriends dropped off donuts in my doorstep once, another girlfriend sent me food the next day. And I felt so loved and supported at that moment. And I think that food, you know, food is the element and essence of really every culture and every friendship. And it's just, that's one thing we can live without. Mm -hmm. And being there for a friend just by delivering food, it's just so, it's could be, it could seem to you so minimal, but it can mean the world to somebody else, you know, or even just a cup of coffee in the morning. I think a cup of coffee is huge. My sister and I volunteered at the Children's Hospital of LA. Uh-huh. And we just did a coffee cart, so oh, yeah. we just really knocked. Oh, we just like you were everybody's best friend. You just <laughs> we we just went with a coffee cart around the hospital and just giving free coffee. And when we volunteered, I was like, "Why is anybody like, who's going to care about a cup of coffee?" No, we, but every single person that we gave a coffee cup to was so just so happy. And there, like, there was not one person there that was just like, thank you. And it was a cup of coffee or a hot chocolate. It was just the look on people's faces was priceless. Mm -hmm. So even just showing up with a cup of coffee in the morning makes a huge difference. You know, there's Postmates, there's Eat24. I mean, there's so many apps now that you Mm -hmm. can use. Um, There's Instacart where you can actually deliver groceries to someone's home. And it's, you know, it's like, hey, do you have milk or eggs? Just... Something that is so simple that someone might, I mean, someone might be going through so much that they want the, the idea of just getting up in the morning to yeah. make themselves coffee or just to make themselves a, to eat, a, just to, to remember, eggs, to just eat. to remember to eat. So just a knock on their door with McDonald's, you know, <laughs> Jack in the box, just something that could be silly, something that can spark a reaction out of them that could be like, how funny, like you sent me. 
Yeah, I don't know. Whatever. Absolutely. Or even to say, I'm going to the laundromat. Can I take a bag of clothes for you? Oh, Mm, yeah. Like, I'm just driving by. Like, let me just do this for you real quick, Mm -hmm. you know, and just be more proactive. And Mm -hmm. and I think a lot of us, myself included, sometimes I think like, oh, I'm just going to make time. I don't have time to go to her house. Like, I'll do it tomorrow, you know? And we forget that technology has given us so many tools to to be there, you know? And like, in the early days, it's important, but I think also when when like a couple months have passed by, mm-hmm. you know? I'm so happy you said that because people feel like, again, they're on a clock. So like the two month period is done. We don't need to worry about her anymore. Now let's move on to the rest part of, of our lives. And if you were to be the one who sent, I'm thinking of you card to somebody, I promise you they will be blown away and mm-hmm. it will it will be life-sustaining to them. And that actually might be an interesting time to say, I'm thinking of you. I heard this article. I thought this was interesting. And this is a resource I heard about if you want to check it out. So it's right. a gentle way of saying, you know, I don't know what's going on for you. I don't know how long it's been, but I want to make sure you have resources if you need. Yeah. Right. Well, thank you so much, Gabriel, for coming again. We love having you on the show. Won't be the Thank last. You. Next time, I promise we'll pick a lighter subject for you. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, yes, of course. Oh, I thought this was really nice. Please. This one says it was uh, by somebody last name is Leon. Unfortunately, I don't know their first name. But bereaved parents never forget the understanding, respect, and genuine war- warmth they received from caregivers, which can become as lasting and important as any other memories of their lost pregnancy or their baby's brief life. Mm. Love that's so. beautiful. And we'll and with that we'll say goodbye. Goodbye and thank, thank you, you Gabrielle. Um, don't forget to follow us on Instagram and on Facebook and all the social media and on our website. Yes, <laughs> guys, don't forget to follow us in our social media at underscore supermass Instagram, Twitter supermass podcast on Facebook and supermasspodcast.com. Join our supermass sisterhood community by subscribing to our newsletter. Yes, uh, we will see you next week. Supermass, supermass, bye. bye. bye.